This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hello and welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Today, joining me, he is guzzling his coffee. He is the host of Confederacy of Dunks. He's my co-host on the Pickup WNBA pod and all around my good friend. It's Freddie Rivas. How you doing, hey. buddy? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm pumped to be, uh, you know, on your show and... Uh, it's a really interesting time in, in the NBA and uh, for the Raptors. So thanks for having me. Well, my pledge anytime. Um, we uh, we released an episode uh, today, but by the time this comes out, it'll be yesterday of the pick of WNBA pod. So much happening in the WNBA right now. We had the huge blockbuster trade of John Paul Jones going to the Liberty. We have Brianna Stewart's cryptic tweets. Yep. We have her tweeting about what she's willing to give up financially so the W can fly uh, chartered flights. Uh, we talked about the game coming to Toronto so uh, if you're if you're interested or even just a bit curious about the WNBA, check out our pod. Um, we uh, are very I, I like to say we are a welcoming of new WNBA fans. Mm-hmm. So you definitely don't need to be a seasoned fan to uh, get our podcast. We know there's a growing interest, especially here in Toronto, but just a growing interest all around in the league. And we really uh, do our best to cater to that. Yeah. And, you know, there's never been a better time to get into the W. Like it's mm-hmm. it's just exploding in so many ways. And um, yeah, it's it's fantastic basketball. And yeah, support women, support women's sports and get into the WNBA. It's fun and easy. Nice. Um, OK, cool. Let's get into some NBA topics. We always do NBA before we do Raptors. We're going to mm-hmm. get into all of it. Uh, first of all, let's talk about these new all star rules. So they're announcing the starters later tonight. We're recording this Thursday, uh, the 26th in the afternoon. So we won't know the starters until after this episode's released. But what they have done is they've decided not to actually draft the teams until all-star game itself isn't that wild yeah this is something that they've been i feel like this is you know you know how adam silver has his his play-in tournament that he's like obsessed with the obsession (laughs) with having the players pick the teams and sort of the like last pick feeling shame is a huge thing that like it's not necessarily my bag but i'm fascinated by it because i feel like the all-star game is just desperate to recreate this pickup vibe. Well, the only time I ever really see it is on drag race, like on RuPaul's drag race. Like they always do that for challenges where like they make the, the Queens like pick whoever they want on their team. And then there's always someone that's like, I got picked last, but I'll show them, you know, it's like so cliche. It's so like reality TV cliche. Manufactured motivation, you know? Yeah. I mean, to me, I feel like, 
the the perks of being an adult is that you don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. Furthermore, <laughs> the perks of being a rich NBA all-star it should be not to have to go yeah. through this anymore. You know what I mean? So yeah, exactly. If you're I mean, and I imagine like for these guys all their lives, they've been picked first, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're NBA All-Stars. They've never not been picked first. This will be their first time experiencing not being picked first. And it's happening in front of millions of people. I will say the the amount of like James Harden shade that this has produced is pretty funny. <laughs> like every year there's some weird way that uh James Harden like, gets picked last. Yeah, or or they they'll they'll throw some shade at him in some different way like he definitely I feel like is the biggest uh victim of like uh you know shade and shaming and getting ripped on in this process. Like people people love to take digs yeah. at, at James. Yeah. I uh, I feel like I don't. Well, I remember when Kevin Durant was doing the draft in particular last year. Mm-hmm. James Harden had just left the Brooklyn Nets yes. to Philadelphia, so he did not want to pick James Harden. Mm-hmm. And did I think, LeBron. well, I but I think LeBron was trolling Kevin Durant on purpose. Like I think he yeah. was purposely like not that he wanted James Harden first otherwise or anything, but he was kind of deliberately leaving him to the end to like make. Durant pick him and then he picked Rudy Gobert yeah over him who was typically last otherwise I mean I don't think Rudy Gobert is gonna make the all-star necessarily this year but um but yeah so now with Giannis there right because it's LeBron and Giannis I believe that are gonna be the team captains yeah it's usually the lead vote getters and is it LeBron and Giannis I think so Oh, God, I hope I'm not wrong about that. But in any case, I think that will lead to a different dynamic. Yeah, I think so. I'm just curious like uh, about Giannis, too, because I wonder if it's just from a voting perspective. I wonder if it's Durant because um, Durant seems like he would be the guy. But uh, I hope it's Giannis. I feel like Giannis always brings that like innocent. Team captains, probably LeBron James and either Giannis or Kevin Durant. Will make oh, okay. It. So, so it's tight enough that it's not decided probably. It hasn't been decided. Sorry, my bad. I thought it had been decided. But the thing too is that Durant's injured. Well, they're both injured right now. Oh, yeah, but I, so I think. Who knows? I think Durant's more seriously injured. So we'll see. Although I did just see a thing that Durant says he wants to be there and he wants to participate. So. I feel like he is, you know, can can probably play in an all-star game, but maybe can't, you know, go hard enough for the regular season right now. So right. I, I, th- I think he'll be there. It seems like it. Well, and he hasn't been at an all-star game in a very long time. Totally. Because I think it's been since maybe 2019 because, I mean, in 2020, he was injured. 2021 he was still injured Mm -hmm. 2022 new injury so he's been injured all these years at that time so i think for him it is a very big deal to be able to be there and uh, i wouldn't be surprised and i do think uh narrative speaking it is more fun for it to be him um Mm -hmm. although i won't be i don't know you'll probably pick Kyrie, and then i probably won't cheer for his team but anyway that's just me (laughs) 
<laughs> but in any case, yeah, I feel like the whole point of being an adult is that you don't have to go through this. But the NBA loves drama and the NBA loves being petty. So it's it's almost shocking that they haven't done this sooner. But, yeah. you know, give it, you know, give them some credit for figuring out a way to uh, raise the stakes for all star. I'm going to be super curious how it goes. I I also think there are certain players. Some players aren't going to care if they're picked last, you know, but I think there are certain players. If they're picked last, they are a never going to pass the ball and they're going to go for MVP just because they were picked last. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like I think the NBA does their best to try to like, you know, sort of coax out the ultra competitor. Um, and I feel like the fact that they're all going to learn like what teams are on sort of right before it happens, I assume there's going to be cameras on every player. So you're going to, you know, it's going to take a lot of poker face rehearsal to make sure you, you actually, you know, you look like you don't care. And I feel like we will see people get mad, which is fun. Yeah, like like for example, like if Trey Young gets picked last, we're gonna know how he feels. Yes, definitely. And he's definitely gonna just jack up every shot he can with whatever time he has on the court, and he's like gonna try. You know, same with like you know, like there's some like there's certain fringe players like I, like Damian Lillard just scored sixty points last night. Mm-hmm. He's had multiple fifty points game. I think he's trying to make a late all-star push for himself and you know he's Damian Lillard so why not if he's in the game and he gets picked last I feel like he's gonna go off you know what I mean like there's just certain people but then there's other people too where like if James Harden gets picked last I don't think he's gonna care yeah, he'll James, be like, Whatever. he's, he's, he's here I mean, he's like I'm just here to party yeah definitely James Harden is the one guy who's like honestly ask me if I care yeah um, like he's at the point where he's just like i've been ridiculed for a long time uh, we're good yeah uh, he's like i'm just happy i'm five pounds less than i was last year yeah exactly or whatever um, you know i could see someone like joel Embiid really caring oh if, he'll care that's but he won't get picked last he won't he won't but like but that would it, be so funny if they if they thought to troll him because yes. he is very emotional and a very uh dare i say immature way yeah very much very much yeah i he literally I feel bad you know, saying it but it's true it really is true in that brooklyn um philly game uh durant like tweeted at him like trash celebration because he literally did the suck it thing it's like that's oh the, yeah it's from the this. 90s like doing a like suck it dx from I don't, yeah. I'm sure you didn't watch wrestling growing up, but there was a yeah, degeneration X for anyone listening. I, you know, but I definitely remember the gesture. Doing the suck it thing. I'm like, buddy, and that's from it, such a long time I remember ago. like people like in elementary school doing it. And yes, I'm like, exactly. I don't think anyone knew what it really meant. <laughs> like, I think they just yeah. thought it was funny, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is funny, but it's also like. Yeah, there's, there's a lameness and an immaturity to it, you know. Like, well, and also too, like, so Steph Curry gets ejected last night because he tossed his his mouth guard, and he can't toss things. But then, like, Joel Embiid can do like the suck it gesture, and it's whatever, you yeah. know. It's Silver, it's it's bizarre. Figure that figure it out, bro. Yeah, you got to figure that out after you know. Thank you for the the pickup style, whatever. But you, you yeah. got to figure that out. Also, let me say, weird. no more half measures. Okay, if you're gonna do this, you want to embarrass people. I want to. I want to see everyone in a dunk tank. 
And if you get pit glass, you're dunked. In a dunk tank. That's right. Like you, you, you get soaked. In so front of the okay. Audience. So every single NBA player, individual that's in dunk the All Star, they're individual dunk tanks. That's right. And sim- and then there's people there simultaneously right. ready to dunk them. That's right. So wait, each time they don't get picked, they get dunked. So they get dunked over and over. Like, <laughs> okay, that's even bullets. better than my idea. <laughs> I, I was thinking that if you, if you don't get picked glass, you take a ladder down and you're dry or whatever. But yours is way better. <laughs> uh, like, yes, yeah, starting from like all whatever, like 16 guys, they all get dunked. So they just get soaked over and over and over again. And then you have to play basketball. Yeah, then you got to get up. Dry them off. Towel off. Yeah, just... let's let's make this a nine-hour event. Honestly, the NBA, yeah, the, no more half measures. Okay, <laughs> that is that is easily one of our stupidest ideas. Yeah, yet. this is good. That is. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what was your wait? Your idea involved a ladder. Like well, I mean, a, however like you a... get down from a dunk tank without getting soaked. I don't know how you do that, but. I assume steps a ladder. I don't know. I don't know enough about dunk tanks. <laughs> so I just maybe the my... new dunk contest is just dunk tanks. That, there you go. There you go. We found that's it. how we revive the dunk contest. Yeah. If you miss your dunk, getting tanked. That's right. There's a there's a pool <laughs> under the. There's uh, a pool under yeah, the... it's good. There's a there's a pool. Jordan Pool is the lifeguard, and there's a pool. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Did you see that there's a, a lookalike of, of Jordan Poole named Jordan Puddle? <laughs> I did not, but cheers to that name. That is so That's good. a wonderful name. He changed Puddle. his name on Twitter to Jordan Puddle. Good for him. And he, he does look like Jordan. <laughs> he looks like Jordan Poole's like dad or uncle or something. You know, That guy I mean? needs a Venmo and that guy needs to get rich. Um, yeah, I hope he does. I hope he does. Him. Um, wow, well, we got really off the rails here, but that's fine. Uh, okay, here's another topic that's going to also get us like totally off the rails. Uh, it went viral this week. This kid went to a Miami Heat game with a sign that's saying he flew X number of miles to see Jimmy Butler at a game. And an hour before the game started, he was ruled out and, you know, went viral because you see the kids disappointing face. I mean, it reminds me of the Simpsons when uh, he, Bart's sitting with Lisa and they're like trying to figure out exactly the point where Ralph's uh, heart gets broken. Yes. The Choo Choo Choose Me episode. Yeah, anyway, yeah. it reminded me of that because you could really pinpoint that to the exact moment. Um, you know, and obviously this has sparked a lot of dialogue about um, load management, sitting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. star players on back to backs, etc. How much it hurts the product, how much it hurts the fans. Yep. Uh, but get this. So I was listening to the the No Dunks guys earlier today. Shout out to them. Uh uh, Jerome specifically of No Dunks. He's like one of their social media producer, producers. I don't know his exact title, but he's a, a great follow on social media. Anyway, he found out he did some some diving, some deep diving into the dunk pool. Sorry, <laughs> he did some deep diving and found out that this kid, you know, he had the sign being like Jimmy Butler's my favorite player, also went to a Golden State Warriors game. With a similar sign being like, I Steph Curry it. is my favorite. I flew X number of miles I knew it. to see Steph Curry. So it's a bit of a stunt. 
uh, uh, it's not his first time doing this. So maybe we shouldn't feel so bad for this particular kid. But, you know, because this kid's family is obviously rich enough to fly to, to different games. I mean, I didn't grow up with that kind of wealth, but. You know, I, I do think there is something to be said for people who travel for these games. And then you find out an hour later, they're just being like, they're not injured, but they're just being ruled out. But anyway, mm-hmm. this kid with the stunt, wild. Okay. Um, you know, you know, I'm. we were just talking about it before the podcast. I'm a nice guy. I... <laughs> I, you know, we were actually talking about right? how nice of a guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess nice guys don't say that, but no, not typically. In general, I feel like I am generally nice. People, you know, say I'm positive, etc. Uh, I'm gonna go on a bit of a rant here, uh, and I'm glad you said it because this kid has rich kid vibes. Major. I grew, up, I grew up poor, and I know a rich kid when I see one, and. I don't care about this kid. Like, I don't think he's a bad person, but I don't give a rat's ass. I'm not, I'm not lying. It's like, oh, you traveled to see Butler? No, you traveled to see the Miami Heat. You traveled to see damn, an NBA game damn. and you had great seats. And if you were in the 300s, no one would have seen your poster. Yeah. like okay? So uh... listen, like, uh, it's a great, it's a funny moment. It's not a sad moment to me. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. I'm like, I'm like, I'm sure that kid has really nice shoes, and also all the follow up stuff. Like he, you got to meet people. He got to go on the court. Like he got. Yeah, to I didn't get. I didn't stuff. get a close up of the shoes, but <laughs> Sorry, he is I, wearing it. He is wearing a jersey, though. Yeah, I mean, like again, I'm sure he's a really like you know whatever. Like I'm, I'm not. I'm not here to attack a kid, but like <laughs> maybe I am. You're here to so, eat the rich, though, in general. <laughs> yes, I am, and and I think that. Uh, you know, in, in a much more like serious, like non going viral thing. I do think that there's a little bit of, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's sort of, uh, there's an unfair expectation with this, this, this sentiment. And that's why I said, you're, you're there to see the Miami heat and the Boston Celtics. You're not there to see Jason Tatum and, and Jimmy Butler, uh, when you bought your ticket, it didn't say Jimmy Butler versus Jason Tatum. Um, and yeah. all those NBA players, guess what? Peyton Pritchard, worth the money. You know what I mean? Like uh, like Tyler Hero, worth the money. The NBA is the most elite league in the world. And, and players resting is, of course, a complicated problem. But this sentiment that, you know, I... I went there to see LeBron James or, or Steph Curry or whomever is, is I think it's fraught with entitlement. Um, I love all of that. I mean, first of all, you know, you and I have both talked about not necessarily before this podcast, but both have talked about growing up poor and not having a lot. I could not have dreamed of flying to a, to a game uh, as a young person with a Jersey, you know, being lower bowl. I mean, I was I think we went to uh you know shout out to the Sprite Zone for those shout out to the Sprite Zone exactly I I think we went to the Sprite Zone once a year yeah and that was a really big deal for us personally and and I think one year when um when the Raptors uh in the Vince Carter days when we were in the second round against Philadelphia um my mom and I went again so I think that was the only year we went like twice Mm mm-hmm 
Um, but again, that was still that was still a Sprite Zone situation. And there were some some drunk guys uh, sitting next to us. I remember this very well. But then they thought like my mom and me being like a little kid, like they thought it was cute that their mom would bring like their daughter to like a playoff game. So they mm-hmm. were like incredibly nice to my cool. mom, even though they were like drunk off their face. So it was it was always good vibes in, nice. the, in the Sprite Zone. Yeah. Oh, Sprite Zone was the best vibes, man. Like, you know, when, when it, people- it, it didn't make sense to be upper bowl and not in the sprite zone honestly like it was yeah. such a party it was like we're broke and we're here like you know oh my god like i have so many one of my first raptors games i can remember i went with my brothers it was uh i get some miami heat there's a player named um uh doliac and we were chanting doliac <laughs> for like a bunch of the game and these people came over to our section and they're like sorry are you guys chanting gloria and we're like, no, we're chanting Doliac. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Uh, and they didn't understand why we were yelling at like a bench player. But to, get, to me, that's sort of the the spirit of, of Well, it going... makes more sense than Gloria. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, every time I tell that story, I'm like, wait a second. This is kind of anticlimactic because the Gloria thing doesn't make sense. But... <laughs> The, the larger point of what I'm trying every to say. Every time you tell the story. <laughs> I tell it a lot. Every day, baby. Um, <laughs> if you meet me, you're going to hear the Doliac Gloria story. <laughs> but, you know, it, yeah, it's like, I think it's gotten a bit out of hand, right? Um, yeah, and- your overall point about this getting out of hand and entitlement, I, I completely agree with you. And, 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 I, and I get that load management is frustrating, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, you know, I really want to re- write a piece on this because there's, to me, there's just there's too much inconsistency with it. Um, and, and I don't know how uh, this so much of this is put on NBA players when you have like, you know, MLB pitchers play once a week. Um, the NHL, uh, no one expects the goalie to play the entire season professional soccer um you know you're not going to get messi and ronaldo for every single game like they play the big games and that's i think you know, the nba is the most elite team sport in the world there's like less than 500 players uh, and even less players that actually play meaningful minutes so you're watching quality players and uh quality basketball and um there's only 20 whatever 15 star superstar combo guys so i th- i think it's not really it's not really fair you know and of course if i'm going to a raptors nuggets game i want to see jokic of course i want to see jokic but if jokic um you know has a sore knee and they want to win the championship that year then too bad yeah i mean that's legit I do think like, you know, I mean, it depends on the market too, but like, I think in the Toronto market, like tickets are too much money. Yes. And I do think that's a problem because Major like, problem. if you're spending, you know, it feels like minimum $200 at this oh, point. Totally. And, and, and then in the, in within an hour before tip off, you decide someone's just going to rest it, you know, I don't really love that. I do think there should just be a bit more transparency. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think like 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know exactly how to do this because on one hand, you can't just say like, okay, we're going to look at the calendar back to backs like this person isn't going to play. I do think you can do that with someone maybe like a Kawhi Leonard, but someone like Jimmy Butler, who is like trying to play the whole season or as much of it as they can, you do kind of have to feel it out as you go. So yeah, you're dealing with physical bodies. Yeah. So so you can plan as much as you want. Like, Oh, this is a big, this is a Curry Durant matchup. But but I think if you as a consumer are buying tickets to see a game and you are, and you look at the calendar and there is a back-to-back situation, I think just as a savvy fan Mm -hmm. know that, there's a risk that maybe your favorite players aren't going to play and just look for the games that aren't back-to-backs, honestly. Yeah. And I mean, you know, players are playing longer than they've ever played They're, You know, the, the game of basketball is really intense. So it's just, it's a big expectation to assume that every star is going to play every game. Yeah. Uh, Freddie, have you ever taken a strange or funny sign to a game? Um, good question. I don't think I've ever taken a funny sign to a basketball game, but one time uh, I went with my older brother to a, uh, WWF. It was a WW, uh, WWF at the time. It's now WWE wrestling event. And he had exams the next day. And we wrote on the sign that, uh, we, uh, like have to, we're studying for our high school exams, but instead of studying, we came <laughs> to this wrestling event, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, that is funny. But again, we weren't sitting close enough for anyone to read that shit. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. The people funny. who read that were in the rows in front of us. And they were like, oh, those kids are funny. Anyways, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I once as a kid took a funny sign to a Raptors game. And, uh, you know, this is like, you know, Backstreet Boys and Sank, you know, Vince Carter for me, you know, all the rage. And I took a sign again, not sitting close enough for anyone to see, but it said Vince, take it to the playoffs. But I color coded the letters. So it also said Vince, take it off. Huge. <laughs> Double meaning. So huge. inappropriate. That's great. As, as like a like as very much an underage child. Yeah. So inappropriate, but I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, ah! you know what no, I mean? You, you, you killed it. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I was just like, you know, like you see that old footage of like the Beatles on like the Ed Sullivan show and everyone's just like losing their mind. That's just how I was at that age. That's just how girls are at yeah. that age. It's Vincent just like Sanity. everything is crazy. It was like Beatles mania, but for Vince. it was. Yeah, that's literally what it was. And then all these years later, I'm podcasting, you know. But anyway, well, that was circle. that was my one time experience with a funny sign. Uh, I went with my friend Holly at the time. Shout out to Holly. What's up, Holly? Uh, I've actually bumped into Holly a few times uh, in more recent years at stand up shows, which was really nice. Nice. But uh, yeah, just very fun. Very crazy. Uh, I will. Ne- I never did it again. That was a one-time thing. It was just at that age. I think maybe even a year later, I was like, wow, that was weird. Yeah. Bringing a sign's a lot. I appreciate the people that do, but it's a lot to carry, you know? like it's Yeah, of- it's a lot. But when you're a kid, you don't really care, you know? You're just yeah. like, whatever. But yeah, it was a lot. Um, okay, let's move on. Uh, we had a trade this week. Uh, Rui Hachimura 
uh, mm-hmm. went to the Lakers for Kendrick Nunn, and I think uh, some picks are involved in that trade too. Yeah, some second rounders. Some second rounders. They didn't trade away their coveted 2027-2029 first round picks, which everyone just won't shut up about for some reason. Like It's so crazy, I feel like, as a Raptors fan, that I know what the Lakers pick situation is so well, because yeah. I just think the national media talks about it a lot. But in any case, they made, they made this trade... Um, I have some thoughts, but Freddie, what what do you think of it? Well, yeah, my my original thought was sort of, I think, you know, I was seeing a lot of the same sentiment, but but why Rui? You know, when when we know that LeBron and and Anthony Davis need need more shooters around them, um, but I think I've softened on that a little bit just because uh, Rui's, you know, he's not. I guess it's not that big of a, a uh, like game sample or whatever, but he's a, I think it's like 356 or something like that. Uh, career average from three last year in a, in a fairly small sample, he shot like 40 some odd percent from three. Um, so you would imagine that playing with Davis and with LeBron, he's going to get a lot of more open shots than he was in Washington. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm in the category that uh, I think the Lakers, uh, you know, you, you don't want to waste any of LeBron's time. Um, Davis and, and Hatchimore uh, both played last night. Um, and, and, yeah, I think this is also, uh, I would assume, you know, those those coveted picks you're talking about are going to come into play, right? So this is a, an, a, a move that's happening before, bigger moves i would assume and um yeah i think i like it for the lakers to be honest uh for the wizards it's yet another guy that they drafted high that they've punted on so yeah I i'm not sure say. what to say about the wizards it's like yeah for the for the tankers of the world i mean the wizards are there's many there's many uh hornets and wizards franchises who uh, i think should should make you think twice about uh, just being in the kind of um, uh, 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 perpetuity of, of drafting and developing guys and not committing to those guys and then punting on those guys. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm a Wizards fan, I'm like, great. Same as it ever was. If I'm a Lakers fan, I'm like, whatever, you're taking it, you're swinging, right? Yeah, I find this um, trade scenario a little baffling in that on one hand, just exactly like you said with the Wizards, it's like they're giving up on yet another draft pick, which the whole point of tanking is to draft well and develop those players and not give up on them. So and also too, like I feel like they came into this year hoping they could at least make the play in. You know, like I think they had some kind of winning expectations for themselves mm-hmm. this year. They are currently in the mix. Yep. Um, it's 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 a strange move if you're the Wizards for sure. Um, and then from the Lakers perspective, I find it strange only in that the Lakers aren't exactly known for developing players. And this is someone who's looking for, you know, some sort of revival. Like, I'm not going to say his career is like tanked or anything, but he's looking to be revived a bit here. And I don't know why the Lakers see themselves as the ones to do that. Like, for example, like the Raptors, you know, although this year's been clunky, 
do have a reputation of being able to develop players and get players from good to great. Mm-hmm. You know, whether we drafted them like Fred Van Vliet or Siakam or whether we traded for them like Kyle Lowry. You know what I mean? Like we have a reputation for being able to do that. I feel like not that I'm saying I wanted Rui Hachimura per se, but I just feel like a team like that would have made more sense for him than the Lakers where you're going into immediate um, way too high expectations, you know, going from almost no spotlight to massive spotlight, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think they're probably, you know, he's a power forward, but I do think like, you know, maybe they're looking for someone a bit more reliable for when Anthony Davis can't play. Maybe that's what it is, but it's just, yeah, I don't know how or why they are going to be the team to, to give his career a a fresher start, but you know, we'll wait and see. Yeah. And and I'll say this, I feel like he's having a, you know, uh, only 30 games, uh, you know, to to take from this season, but he's having like a decent season. Um, uh, I'm just looking at now 13 points a game. You know, four rebounds, one assist, like that's not a lot. But um, his like effective field goal percentage is five thirty six. His three point percentage is thirty three. Like he's he's fine. You know, he's not he's not a game changer. Uh, so if if you're the Lakers, maybe part of this is more so that you wanted to get rid of none. Like maybe yeah. maybe, maybe that's what it's about. Like is. Is he a better player than Kendrick Nunn? Probably. So probably at least for know, their team. Mi- yeah. Minor upgrade. And the Lakers are they're very much in it, right? The West is a lot of losing records in the West. So the Lakers are very much in the like, you know, play in mix, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, Freddie, let's move on to some Raptors talk. You know, we're coming off of uh, a great win against the Sacramento Kings, probably mm-hmm. one of our better wins of the season so yeah. far. Great game. Um yeah, absolutely. But that does not, I'm going to, I'm going to be phrase this in a very dramatic way. That does not stop the vultures from flying around us. No. You know what I mean? And uh, there's been a lot of press this week. Um, there was a podcast. Wait, I need to pull this up. Sorry. I have so many tabs open. It's a bit maddening. Uh, radio personality Bob McCowan shared on his podcast. He said, quote, I talked to an insider in the NBA yesterday on the phone. He tells me that Ananobi wants out of Toronto. And so now this is the second time we're dealing with rumors about Ananobi not being happy here and, mm-hmm. and wanting out. Um, what do you think, Freddie? Uh, yeah. So this is interesting to me, uh, in, in a bunch of ways. I feel like, um, you know, just to address the vultures flying around thing, um, <laughs> whether you are, you know, pro tank or anti tank, I think that there's a lot of talent on this roster that the rest of the league rightfully so is interested in. Um, there's a lot of players that would, you know, not necessarily complete a team, but uh, interest in uh, in OG makes perfect sense. He's a fantastic player. He's so well rounded. He's the you know three and D guy that would would complete a lot of lineups and push a lot of teams over the edge. Um, now, with Bob McCowan, he he wouldn't be necessarily someone I would lean on as like this guy is tapped in to <laughs> right. the Raptors. Um, He's sort of a baseball guy and other sports as well, but I I can't remember a time where he's broken news uh, about the Raptors where I've been like, wow, like Bob McCowan had the, you know, had the scoop. Um, right. 
but let's I do, just drag Bob McCowan. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I, I do think. Well, I'll say this about Bob McCowan. Uh, my little brother did uh, used to do like landscaping, um, and he worked on Bob McCowan's garden and like lawn a bunch. And he said Bob McCowan was super nice. Oh wow! So you know. Shout out to Bob McCown being nice to landscapers. I'm down with that. Cool. But, um, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe that was the insider. He's also done. Landscaping. <laughs> yeah. It's my little brother. <laughs> um, but, uh, shout out Thomas. Um, yeah. Shout out to Thomas, but yeah, it's not the first time. So I think that you can ignore something when it keeps popping up. Even if you, I, I put myself in the camp of of kind of like the Raptors don't leak under Masai, generally, um, or I don't have a lot of references for when the Raptors when when info has come out and it's been like the Raptors have leaked and then it's been true. So I, that's usually my first kind of lens I take any of these rumors through is that it's probably not coming from the Raptors. It's probably coming from someone who wants OG versus, you know, like the call is coming from, from it's not coming from inside the house, you know? Um, that said, it's been fairly consistent. Uh, and, you know, I, there was like a role thing. Nurse did address it in the summer. He said he talked with OG and that he feels like this is an equal opportunity team. You can grab a rebound. You can take it to, you know, you can like run your own play. Like you can go for it. Like that's how this, this, uh, you know, equal opportunity Raptors team works. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm like all the way on the side of like there's smoke, there's fire. I think that it is interesting that we've heard it twice. Yeah, I agree. I mean, my personal theory, and again, this is just a theory, is that, you know, OG Ananobi is a clutch sports guy. And I feel like it could be from them, whether or not, you know, OG is like happy or not happy. I think they want to see him in a in a more winning situation. That's just my personal theory. I've no sure. You know, yeah, why not? But I also too like I agree with you in terms of the leaks like I, you know, in the Tampa season when we were not doing well and everyone was talking about Kyle getting traded leading up to the yeah. trade deadline to the point where he did like, you know, the deuces uh, on the way out of his last game before the trade deadline. And then it ended up being Norm getting traded for Gary exactly. Trent Jr. instead yeah. of Kyle. So it's like you, the noise is not always accurate. You know, I do think. Oh my God, my phone. I'm so sorry. Um, I do. I do think. Um, I do think the Raptors are going to make a move. I think that's pretty obvious, but that's just because of looking at the team. That's yeah, not necessarily yeah. because of like actual reports. Like I think you look at this team and you go, okay, they're going to make a move here, I right? Agree. Like this what roster just isn't a perfect fit, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to tank or we're going to do some sort of blockbuster trade mm. or like any of those things. Um, and, you know, to your point too, about like, it makes sense that everybody wants OG and Anobi. I think every other team in the league wants our team frankly or individuals on our team like there's yeah. nobody on our we have team a lot of good players that the rest of the league doesn't want you know i mean it's just even yeah so it's just one of those things where like as a raptors fan it's frustrating we know that it's very likely a move is going to be made so i think there's a lot of anticipation 
right around this and then you know from using the vultures analogy again it's just it's just swarming more and more and more as we lead up to this deadline and you know it's probably hard for the the players like honestly like if i were an nba player that's such a funny sentence for me to Mm -hmm. say but if i were an nba player i would not be on social media of any kind i think it would be impossible it would be stressful It would be so stressful. Like, I I just don't even know how I could do it. But yeah, I think it will be very interesting. Like if OG does get dealt at this deadline, then I think we could say that these um, rumors or leaks are likely true. Right. Sure. That he is unhappy, you know, but he's not the kind of guy to let that out. Um, We haven't heard anyone else say it that's like remotely close to the Raptors. So that's why I think more and more this is like a clutch sports thing. They need to keep his profile up. They need to keep the idea that everybody wants him because he's great up because that helps Mm -hmm. his value overall, whether he's dealt or not. Um, And, you know, I think I think you bringing up the Kyle Tampa season stuff is is really key because, you know, I, I've been harping on that for a long time. And I think that is our, like from a proximity standpoint, that's our closest reference to what's what, happening now. Yeah. And, and what does Messiah and what do Messiah and Bobby do when there's a lot of outside pressure? And uh, you know, my, my kind of working theory with them is they like to operate with leverage. They don't sell low on their assets and I, I think that's kind of how they roll and they try and make long-term decisions. So yeah, if Trent, if OG, if uh, Fred do get moved, I think there's, there's a long-term goal there. I yeah. don't think they are moving Fred or Gary just because they're afraid they're not going to be able to resign them. I don't think they're moving OG just because he's not, uh, you know, getting up as many shots or being as involved in the offense as he might want to be. Like, I think they can resolve a lot of those things. Um, and yeah, yeah. The, to me, the Kyle thing is a really good example of um, how this front office operates. And I think any fans that are sort of stressed by the scenario, that's, that's a good reference point. Yeah, I mean, you know, to the other side of that too. I mean, he was dealt later in the off season, right? So there he was, was a free some agent. truth to that. Yeah. So, but also too, it's like we knew he was a free agent. We knew he was probably going to go to a, a, you know, a more winning situation. Um, so it certainly wasn't a surprise um, when that happened. At least not on my end. I didn't feel surprised by it at all. No, and, and I think that's a really key point you brought up because, you know, there were there was clearly some truth, right? I think Kyle probably wanted to be on a contender, um, was feeling that he wasn't going to resign, et cetera. But I also feel like Masai and Bobby weren't like, okay, you want to go? All right, we're shipping you to OKC. Mm-hmm. I think it was like, we're going to treat you right and you treat us right. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll make sure we got the de- we get the deal. And I remember saying a ton during that time, uh, you know, the rumored teams, it was the Lakers, like Taylor Horton, Tucker was like, yeah, that's not real. But, you know, I think the Philly and Miami rule uh, um, rumors probably had some truth to them. And I kind of narrowed it down to, uh, wait a second, who's negotiating here? You have Pat Riley, Daryl Morey, and Masai. No deals getting done. 
<laughs> all of those GMs destroy other GMs. So True. they generally don't. Them and up. Danny Ainge. Yeah, right. So it's like, I feel like, you know, who's, where are the rumors um, coming from here? And the, are the, the, the front offices like have a lot of clout. So I'm sure, you know, with Miami, it was like, okay, do you want Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero? MSI is like, I told you I want Precious. And they're like, okay, see you in the summer. Right. I mean, I think they were probably trying to get Precious and someone else who isn't Goran Dragic, but, you know. I Exactly. You know, I'm sure my, Miami, I don't think they don't mess around either, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm sure that they were like, I'm sure them giving up Precious was tough. Um, right. You know, I'm, I'm sure that that's not something they wanted to do. And yeah. they probably they probably told Masai, okay, well, uh, you know, you're gonna lose Kyle then. And Masai's like, no, I'm not. And you know, <laughs> summer hits, they do a sign and trade. And yeah. you know, they yeah, like they they didn't ju- like Kyle cooperated with the franchise. Like he um, you know, like there was there's a lot of mutual respect with uh Masai and uh, and Kyle. And, and can I say that is exactly the scenario with Gary and with Fred and with Masai? No. But my gut tells me uh, that there's a lot of respect in this franchise. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. And speaking of Fred, like I do think Fred is someone that Masai would have some dialogue with, especially going into the offseason. I don't see them not having a conversation. Um, There are lots of rumors around Fred as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's get into that. So, uh, Eric, uh, is it Pincus? Uh, Yep. Yeah, Yeah, a a Bleacher Report um, reported that the Clippers, of course it's the Clippers, are interested in trading for Fred Van Vliet. Um, But they also said additionally the Lakers, uh, the Miami Heat, which is hilarious, (laughs) Uh, Minnesota, uh, Dallas, uh, Phoenix Suns, Washington Wizards, and the Orlando Magic are all interested in Fred. Right. Again, we understand why there's interest, because Fred is Fred is Fred. Fred is great. Even yeah. though he was, you know, struggling for a bit there. It's like what I love about Fred is how much he just owned that and did everything he could to work through it. That's the most you could want out of your players when they are struggling. So I feel like I still bet on Fred, you know, as he says, bet on himself. But I mm-hmm. bet on on him personally. I've I definitely haven't given up on him. Um yeah, I mean, the Clippers is pretty annoying. You know, they this uh, story leads with their interest. Yeah, apparently and... they want Kyle, too, which is like, get out of here. <laughs> it's like uh, reports come out that the Clippers want um, OG, Siakam, Kyle, Fred. Uh, they're going to keep uh, Norm. They're they going to bring back Gasol from yeah, they Europe. Yeah, to come out of retirement. They're bringing back Serge. They're going to see if they can get Nurse. Uh, and uh, Jeremy Lin as well. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like just... the the Clippers thing is like I don't know what to do, man. Like leave us alone. Yeah, it's pretty wild and uh, obviously annoying and frustrating. But also like, okay, imagine a scenario where they did that, and maybe you know they win or they get really far. Wouldn't they look so stupid? <laughs> uh, I mean. Yeah, I guess. I mean, maybe like, I don't know how it is like truly in America, like that they think like that they're so 
I don't know. I don't even know the word that they just wouldn't care that they just like slowly eroded away another team and then just built this thing. I mean, I don't even think Masai would let it happen, to be honest with you. Like, I don't even think he lets it happen. Like, I think he would just be like, I'm not going down with this ship. Um, You know, I just don't think he's doing it. Yeah, I I think you're exactly right. And I think, you know, uh, Canadians and Torontonians, like, we're we're, we're used to this idea that that uh, a lot of the, the of the US market you know talks about us like we're a farm team we develop players uh to be traded to other teams where they will then excel um and you know obviously Masai has changed that narrative right he he came in with the whole uh believe in yourself toronto and my joke is always that toronto says i do, i won't and i don't believe in myself Masai I'm desperately insecure uh, and Masai's like I don't know what to say we won once already we're gonna win again and everyone's just like Masai I know that you love me but I don't love myself um well as a city we do have a bit of a, a complex for sure big time yeah. yeah the the Toronto insecurity complex is is deep um, yeah it is deep but yeah you know uh clippers aside you know, it's interesting to me that Fred is having this like disaster year and, you know, all these competitive teams want him. Right. Yeah. Uh, that, that says a lot to me that says that those teams see a winning player um, who would also, he'd be an unrestricted free agent for them as well. Right. So they'd have yeah. to deal with his free agency. And, you know, if they're, if they really want him, um, that tells me they're probably interested in re-signing him as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I don't really know what to make of this. I personally do not think Fred is going to get dealt at the trade deadline. I don't think the Raptors are going to do a huge swing like that Mm -hmm. um, personally, but I do think in free agency, teams like the Mavericks could be a bit of a threat. Yeah, I mean, I think the the threats are real for for Gary and for Fred. Um, and I think that the Raptors are, yeah, we're coming off this this great defensive performance uh, for the, uh, you know, I guess the Sacramento Kings. But there's no way to, you know, until the narratives completely change, unless the Raptors go on some massive winning streak, um, this team has absolutely underperformed expectations. Now I think there's the fan view of that and like, let's, let's, you know, tear it down or let's make some dramatic trades and get some picks or whatever you want to do. And then there's the, the franchise view of that. Like how do they view these individual assets? How do they view them working together? Um, You know, and I think it's like, it's been a complex year. You know, there's a lot of talent on the roster in my opinion, um, and there's been a lot of chemistry issues. There's been a lot of like role issues. Uh, and of course, there's been some performance issues, right? Like Fred is not shot as well as he uh, has uh, in previously in his career. And that's, uh, you know, I think it's had a big effect on the team. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a really interesting deadline. It's going to be a super interesting deadline. I think it will be very telling about 
you know, what the front office feels about this team mm-hmm. and not just us. Like, I think we'll finally get a proper window into exactly how they feel um, at this deadline. I mean, something I said on this show a few weeks ago did get a little bit of backlash for it, but I was like, we don't need to make any big trades to to tank. Like we're 12th in the East and mm-hmm. we could very easily keep this roster and yeah. stay there. No one wants to hear that, but it's kind of true because I we were 12th then when I said it. Uh, almost a month ago and we're 12th now. So, you know, true though. So it's just like, you don't have to take these big swings to tank. If your team tank, you could literally keep the talent that you have. Yeah. Be 12th, get a decent, you're not going to get Wemby. Like it's not, you're not going to get the first pick, but you'll still have a decent pick. And then you can figure out your chemistry issues in the off season. I mean, you know, I, I, I am curious to see if we're going to do something or what we're going to do at this deadline. You know, like I said, I do think it'll be something, but I don't think it's going to be this huge blockbuster trade uh, mid season. I'd be very, very shocked if that, if that came to be. Yeah, me too. You know, I feel like what we've seen from this front office is that they're very methodical, very patient and they're, they don't succumb to pressure. Um, but also they will we've we've seen that they will make a move. Right. Well, I think um, like they, you they know they will they will swing big when they feel like they need to. But to your point about the tanking thing, um you you're just not competing with Charlotte, Detroit, San Antonio, or Houston. Yeah. Period. That's my period point. end of story. Yeah. You're not getting you're not getting in those percentage. Maybe you can creep to seventh or sixth. Um maybe you can lose more than than Washington or Orlando or whatever. But uh, I think, you know, to, to, to that end as well, I, I feel like Masai is fairly comfortable drafting, you know, in the 10 to 15 range, if, if that's the scenario. Uh, and it's, it's, to me, it's more about what are you learning from this roster? And, you know, how are you, how are you comparing that data with last year? Like, how are you, are you looking at last year and being like, Oh, here's, here's why we overperformed. Or are you looking at this year's roster and you're saying, uh, here's why we're underperforming? You know, like, here's why there's a lack of chemistry. Yeah. Auto didn't play. You know, maybe they need to do more than just that. Maybe they need, like, you know. Well, the kind of trade that I could see us making is, you know, similar to like the Norm Gary Trent Jr. trade or Mm -hmm. even before that when we traded Valanchunas for Gasol. Right. Like a trade like that, I could see happening. I again, you know, we're hearing a lot about the chemistry issues, but we're not really hearing about who exactly, you know, like we saw the little scuffle with that and and Scotty Barnes and stuff. So but it's like if there was like a particular player or two that were really like toxic in the locker room, I do think Masai would move those players. I think so too. And I think that, yeah, yeah, losing really sort of, especially with a lot of hyper competitive people and with big expectations, like I'll be the first to say, I have a complete egg on my face with, uh, with this season. I said, the Raptors are going to be third in the East (laughs) with 54 wins. You know, you other people told me, I don't know. That's a bit high. And I was like, no, we're a regular season juggernaut. I was wrong. Right. So I think, 
uh, oh, I wasn't the only one that had big expectations for this team. No, I don't, but, but... I didn't even call that egg on your face. Like I remember a, a while ago, I was talking to Alex Wong and he told me uh, when he was predicting the Raptors being like really high in the standings, this isn't uh, this year. It was a uh, last year when he was promoting mm-hmm. his book cover story. Um, I was, he predicted they'd be fourth in the East. And I was like, right. why would you predict them being fourth in the East? And he's like, honestly, cause it's just more fun. It's just ha. more fun to aim yeah. high. And, and I appreciated that perspective. And, and Freddie, I feel like you're similar in that way. So I don't consider yeah, egg fair. on your face because I think you enjoy aiming high for this team. And I'm sure a lot of, our, um, you know, Raptors fans and our listeners uh, feel the same way. I mean, I predicted the Raptors would be six in the East, which is literally exactly where they ended up last year because I was like, we didn't really make any significant moves in the off season. So I'm just going to predict that this team lands in the same spot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, you know, obviously I was wrong too, but I don't think anyone predicted we'd be 12. Like, you know, there's no one winning that on fan duel or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, back to the sort of like, which direction, what are we doing sort of thing? I think a big part of it is, uh, you know, having a team that's inconsistent is so unbelievably frustrating because, you know, you want, you want things to be linear uh, as, as a fan. You, you want to be able to say, I know what this is. And I think there's just so many factors with this team. Obviously, injuries, chemistry, poor shooting, roster design, um, but also like development, right? You know, I, it's if you told me at the beginning of the year, um, Otto's not going to play, Siakam's going to be injured for ten games, and Precious is going to miss twenty three games, um, I would say, oh, okay, hold on, uh, I don't think I'm going to, uh-huh. I don't, I'm not going to put them in third, but I, you know, you also have to uh, when you're projecting forward, you have to assume that the team's not going to be a hundred percent healthy. You know, so I'll probably, you know, correct that a little bit next year. But yeah, it's a, there's a lot going on with this team. And, and I think the vision six, nine thing is also, is also interesting, right? Cause like, was it a, a full, like, this is the permanent strategy or is it like a uh, vision six, nine is more about like accruing assets to, to trade at some point. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a wild year. Um, I, I can't. I can't say I, I know what's going to happen at the deadline, but yeah, I'm just trying to kind of go back to like what do Masai and Bobby do, and I I feel like they're methodical, so uh, I wouldn't necessarily expect a big move. Yeah, I agree. Um, with that, Freddie, it's time for our Nick Nurse hottie highlight of the week. And uh, this week, uh, in one of uh, Nick Nurse's uh, pregame pressers, or I think this is a practice presser, um, the headline is begrudgingly reveals details of latest film session, which is hilarious because he tries to keep that stuff pretty tight-lipped, but he did Mm -hmm. reveal a little bit more about their defense. And then we played against Sacramento and had a, a great game which is exciting because I'm hoping, hoping in this Thursday afternoon of optimism that this could potentially lead to some progress. Yeah. You know, I, I, I found it really interesting that they um, went over all this tape and, and just executed so well. Like I rewatched that Mm -hmm. Sacramento Kings uh, third quarter and 
Sure. Maybe it's like a matchup thing. Like Sacramento only beat us by one point. Um, I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, about a month and a half ago. So maybe it's a matchup thing where Sabonis is not great at passing out of doubles or something, but it's, it's, they're red hot and it's the best offense in the NBA. They've been lighting that beam all year. Uh, and that third quarter was, was incredible. Like the performances all around were just uh, amazing. Um, and it was defensive. And I think that that looked like the Raptors that a lot of people, myself included, expected to see. Yeah. Um, and, there, you know, there's been a lot of games in the stretch, too, where it seems like the Raptors are, like, really rolling on offense, but they can't stop the other team. And, like, that even – it feels weird because, you know, at some point the taps are going to get turned off and we'll struggle on offense – uh, and the defense is not is we're not going to frustrate other teams. So to see us frustrate the Kings at home uh, was was something else. And I mean, I don't think you can say it's any one player. I think the the chemistry with with Scotty and and Fred has really been growing. Um, but I really do feel like Precious gives this team so much on both ends. And back to the Vision 6-9 thing, I think he's a huge part of the overall identity of this team. And he just brings a lot to the table that uh, that is important, like the energy, the athleticism. Um, and, and yeah, his past couple games have been just a delight. I completely agree. He's really um, turned a corner just in this last week with the team, and it's been really exciting to see. Um Freddie, thank you so much again for joining me on this week's episode. Uh, maybe one day in the summer we can find a dunk tank. We can celebrate the WNBA coming to Toronto. I'm not sure. Um, but let everybody know um, who, uh, what you're up to and where they can find you on the internets. Um, yeah, you know, you mentioned it before, but you can follow my, uh, my podcast also on Raptors Republic. Um, confederacy of dunks at dunks podcasts and um yeah twitter instagram i'm at freddie revis and at freddie noel revis um and uh yeah you know i'm out here i'm doing shit (laughs) uh thanks again and we'll uh we'll chat soon cool thanks pal bye 